Hello, Poke fans. Welcome to the Same Type Attack Bonus Podcast, or Stabcast for short, your twice-monthly look into the deeper world of Pokemon. I'm your host, Trainer Spike, and with me, as always, are my fellow trainers, Slagkick. I don't know what a ho sounds like. And Sulker. Today is November 27th, 2017, and this is Stabcast episode 23. Ho-ho, is that what you think? Welcome once again, our lovely and beautiful listeners, to another episode of our adventure into the deeper world of Pokemon. This week, we are very excited to talk about the new Pokemon movie, as well as talk about our experiences on the first island of Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. But first... Let's talk a little bit about our Poke Weeks. Sulker, if you'd like to kick us off. Sure thing. Um, so obviously I've been playing uh, Ultra Sun. Well, not Ultra Sun, but I've been playing Ultra Moon. So that's been ultra fun. Eh. Uh, anyways, uh, I've been playing that uh, just so that I can catch up to not slag kick, but at least have a meaningful place for this part of the discussion. Uh, played a little bit of Pokemon Go on Sunday after a certain thing happened that we'll talk about in the news. And I will say that I have a delightful new little leaky friend um let's see what else uh oh yeah uh watched the new pokemon movie that aired on cartoon network i feel like that'll be a big topic see oh was that it i don't know you put on the tv and i just watch things um and then uh yeah i guess oh i also listened to uh mythical uh so i caught up on season five of that and that's tangentially pokemon related fantastic and what about you psychic uh mine was pretty much the same i put in a lot of time with ultra sun i really enjoy it i will speak to that uh you know at least partially in our discussion i saw the pokemon i choose you the movie i have some thoughts about that that i will share um other than that not too much but uh Obviously, really enjoying Ultra Sun. At some point, we'll probably pick up Ultra Moon just because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really having a good time with it. And uh, yeah, how about you? Excellent. So I have been going back to Pokemon Sun and Moon and getting into something I uh, haven't really done much of in the past. And that is that I've been really focused on, like, Pokemon breeding. Uh, you know, PokeBank is already live for Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, which is very exciting. And I have decided that I'm going to... Uh, uh, breed a couple of my pokey favorites in order to have a little team of, of pokies I love with me in Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. So I'm working on getting a uh, Riolu with a, a very specific yes. So taking a little bit of work, but at the end of the day I think it's going to be worth it. Are you going to try to yes. get like certain um, natures and stuff and I, all that? At this time I don't think I'm going to get that deep into it although, I mean, I say that now <laughs> ask me again in 20 hours. I'm just going to say I did finally finish breeding you that past Simeon if you wanted it for, say, your roll through in Alola. All right, keep that in mind, and let's talk about that off air. I would definitely be interested. Okay. Um, other than that, I haven't had a ton new that's been up. Um, have not been playing as much Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon as uh, the two of you. As a result, I am behind, so I haven't finished Melee Melee Island yet. But once I have my team set, I expect to kind of blaze through. I just, um, you know, I figured I've done this once before. I want to sort of spice it up and just have, like, a team of pokies I love to really have just fun on this playthrough. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, watch the uh, new movie with the two of you. Um, I bet everyone in Internet Radio Land is looking forward to how I'm going to roast that. So um, let's transition over to our Muse or Poke News so that we can get this show on the road. Sulker, I believe you're going to start us off today? Sure. Uh, first piece of news today is Pokemon Go related. Uh, the headline Brighten Your Pokemon Go team with the Rainbow Pokemon came out on uh, Pokemon.com this week 
week, uh, as it is announced that the newest raid boss in Pokemon Go is none other than Ho-Oh, uh, the most powerful legend, or one of the most legendary powerful Pokemons of them all, and also kind of a gay icon. Yes. Uh, Ho-Oh can be caught only with uh, premier balls you earn from defeating it, so it's an interesting new mechanic on how you'll be able to catch this legendary. Uh, what do you guys think about this interesting and exciting new news from Pokemon Go? I'm excited for it. Um, you know, there's been a lot of excitement in Pokemon Go this week, as we're going to talk about a little more in a minute, but it's definitely super hype for me to see everybody taking out their phones and playing Pokemon Go again when I'm out on public transit or what have you. Uh, what about you, Psychic? Yeah, I'm, I have to say, since the movie has been kind of, I mean, I guess this has kind of been since, you know, the movie was out in, not even out when, like, the trailers were airing, but uh, I was always more of a Lugia fan, but, like, all of this lead up to the movie, and, you know, then it came out in Japan, and now it's finally out here. Uh, I really come to have a special place in my heart for Ho-Oh. Um, so I think it's really cool that there's this new legendary. I mean, I don't really know, or Raid Boss, rather. I, I don't really know if I'll have an opportunity to get Ho-Oh, but um, I think it's really cool that it's, you know, these things reinvigorate the game, even if it's not really the vector that I continue to experience Pokemon with, mainly. So you go, Ho-Oh. Excellent. And Psychic, I believe you've got our next story. Yes, this relates to Pokemon Go and the Global Catch Challenge. So um, Niantic Labs has reported that players were able to catch more than 3 billion Pokemon to unlock rewards. And so what they were able to do is, um, this was on the 26th, so um, once that had hit on the 26th, it opened up a 48-hour window of Farfetch'd, which usually is not available over here. And then if you are in East Asia, you can get Kangaskhan, which is usually in Oceania. Oceania, sorry. Australia and stuff. So <laughs> you also get... I'm, I'm sorry, New Zealand, and there's many other parts of Oceania. Um, but there's also double XP, double Stardust, and six-hour duration lure modules. So, man, I guess I've... I guess I better log in this week, because you can get that until December 1st, so Friday. So even as you are hearing this on the air, if it is when it is posted, you still have a little time. But I, I might be too late for that Farfetch'd, so boo. What do you guys think of this? Uh, I'm personally excited because I got my Farfetch'd on Sunday, so I'm pretty pleased about it. Same. I'm like, I'm going to see if I can get a Farfetch'd from my apartment just right now. I hope you can. I was That's where I got mine this weekend, and um, it seemed like they were all over the place. That's also where I got mine this weekend. Oh, ho, ho. And like, and then oh I, uh, maybe I should have logged in. Yeah, maybe you should have. Uh, but like, also several of my friends online were posting that they got theirs too, so I'm pretty pleased to see that it was like a pretty wide distribution. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let's see, we also have an update on the Pokemon Ultra Sun Ultra Moon Global Missions. Um, we have word that the first global mission has ended. The gl- global mission failed, but everyone will be getting a thousand festival coins. Um, the final result was 5,442,088 pokies caught, so we did not hit that goal. But the, still a lot, though. That is still quite a few. Um, but the next global mission will be starting December 12th. Um, obviously, please look forward to it. That one is called Have Fun Manteen surfing and i don't know that we actually know the details on that one yet i i assume it's going to be um using a ride pokemon for like a certain distance traveled in game uh so you'll you'll actually uh find out that during this episode as we discuss the end of melee melee island 
Oh. Yeah, I'm well. assuming it'll be something about points with Mantine surfing. Well, I didn't even know that was a thing, so that's awesome. Y'all spoils. Well, I'm sorry, but we're recording an episode on it today. Uh, y'all, I have to leave now and go to a playground because there's apparently some stable eyes there. <laughs> Oh, okay. Goodbye. So, uh, what do you what do you all think about the global missions? Um, I'm not really surprised. Um, sorry, I just oh, jumped ahead. in there. Um, I mean, I know personally because this is my like millionth Pokemon playthrough. Obviously, it'd be a little bit over exaggerating here, but like I'm just more interested, especially since it's kind of Sun and Moon director's cut uh, of getting through and seeing the story changes and you know raising the team that I want. But I have really not been focusing on like every time I'm in an area trying to catch every Pokey. So I'm sure that I'm not the only person kind of playing it that way as well. Uh, I mean, for me personally, I think the the global missions are fun because it's like a little goal that everyone can work on together. Um, and I mean, I'm not trying to catch like every Pokemon I encounter, obviously, but I'm happy that I was able to like contribute in whatever small way I could. Like, I'm sure for some people, like using the festival and getting coins is like important. I hate Festival Plaza. Sorry, I'm just gonna say it. I mean, that's a choice. I just I I don't. I'm not engaged by it, and I was hoping there'd be a difference, but anyway. So, a new version of the classic Pokemon theme song from uh, the U.S. Uh, was released with the uh, Pokemon I Choose You movie that just came out, or Pokemon the movie I Choose You. Um, it's a, a kind of re-recording of an old classic. Uh, it's hard to describe, really, but it does sound a little more updated, a little more modern. Um, it's not the first time in recent history that we've uh, had a modernized or contemporary take on these or this particular song uh, last year the original singer Jason Page did a new studio v- studio version of it uh, which you can actually view at his YouTube channel uh, and just to mention if you have not heard this uh, I would say either go watch the Pokemon movie or uh, go online and follow our show roll links uh, what do you guys think about this new version of an old classic so I really enjoyed it and when we were watching this like you both seem to be hella into it so I don't know who you're who you're playing now. It's like, what do you mean? Of... I'm not saying I'm not into it. I was just reporting the news. I'm definitely into it. It's yeah, like, like I, I mean, it was. There's obviously some subtle differences with the way that the vocalist is performing it, but like. So even though it's not it's not Jason Page doing this, um, like you can clearly tell it's not him. But like I thought it was a pretty faithful reproduction. Like it almost basically sounded like someone doing karaoke to the karaoke track version that was originally on Pokemon To Be a Master, the CD soundtrack. <laughs> so yeah, like I thought like uh, you know we've had um, even starting with the first movie and then like you know the first couple movies had like you know remixes of the themes or whatever and uh, you know this. So I'm really I'm really happy with it. I mean, it's not Mizase Pokemon Master, but what is? Fair. I listen to that song at work all the time. Do we know if they did a re-reversion or re-recording of Mizase Pokemon Master for the Japanese version? They did. I just don't remember who it is. I don't know if it's uh, Rika Matsumoto-san or if it's, uh, like, I know that Yes, it was. Like, years ago there was, like, Whiteberry did a version for one of the Diamond and Pearl, or I don't know, something. It's been a long time now, no, but... It, it was- 
was Rika Matsumoto. Yeah, I do know that they did do a new version. Okay. I'm surprised that I didn't like investigate that, but it it was Rika Matsumoto-san. Excellent. So Satoshi-san singing as always. So I'll have to check that out after the series. Uh, so we have some interesting news from Kotaku. It's not really so much news as it is a kind of how-to, and I'm not going to go into it because um, partially I don't really know exactly all the details because it involves ultra wormholes, which is a post-game thing. Um, but basically, there is a way to go in and change the. Um, I guess in I guess you by default use motion controls to go through the ultra wormholes, but you can change it to use the circle pad, and apparently that helps out in some way. Um, and basically, it really seems to based on um, what people are finding increase your chance of finding a shiny Pokemon. So so basically, the whole thing with you, what control scheme you're going to use, that's actually just this writer suggesting that that's what's easiest for them to use in order to get far enough. And basically, once you've traveled around 300 light years through the oh. mini game, 3,000 uh, light years. Oh, I'm sorry, what did I say? 300. Oh yeah, 3,000, sorry. Um, you'll, and you know, you've caught enough like orbs or whatever, um, you'll be able to basically increase the shiny encounter rate dramatically after that. Mm. Um, to the point where some people are talking about getting multiple shinies in a 10 minute span. Wow. I am looking forward to that. I guess I'll have to go 3,000 light years away and hold my Magnemite so tight. <laughs> Thank you. Well done. Um, uh, moving on? Yeah. We also have word here, regrettably, lamentably, that the Twitch Plays Pokemon creator, who was a developer that is referred to as streamer by the Twitch Plays Pokemon community, has announced that he will be stepping down from the Twitch Plays Pokemon account following an incident where his personal, uh, where, where basically um, people were, were doxxed and had their personal information re- released among the Twitch Plays Pokemon community. Uh, you know, these kinds of doxing incidents are really terrible, which super sucks, and uh, it just really sucks that basically um, we can't have nice things. That's really sad. Um, yeah. F people who are doxing. Yeah, just super bummer. I thought that Twitch Plays Pokemon was a really cool way to engage the community, and it, it just really sucks to, to see it falling victim to this kind of stuff. That really sucks. That's, uh, I just, I hope that he's okay because I mean that's terrible indeed uh, well in other news that is less terrible actually probably pretty cool or whatever if you're into the cards uh, Bastiodon Basti- did you call me? Bastiodon uh, Rampados and Mysterious Fossil and uh, Gardenia from Sun and Moon 5 have been revealed uh, a few days ago during the Japan official live stream of the 2018 Champion Leagues tournament uh, several new Sun and Moon 5 cards were revealed Revealed. Uh, so let's go through what those were. Uh, first, there was Mysterious Fossil, a trainer card, uh, HP 60 or level 60. I don't know. Uh, it's an item card. Uh, uh, play this card as if it were a 60 HP basic Pokemon. Uh, at any time during your turn before your attack, you may discard this card from play. Uh, this card can't retreat uh, and can play as many items as you like during your turn, but that's a usual rule. Uh, so that's interesting because it's basically a free Pokey. Although, 
assume it takes away like points if you get knocked out. Uh, Rampardos, uh, stage 2, evolves from Kranidos, uh, fighting type 60 or 150 HP, clean hit, 60 damage. Uh, Wild Bomber, if your attractive Pokemon is a basic Pokemon, it's instantly KO'd. Uh, so that's nice if you've got an early game evolution going. Uh, Bastiodon, uh, stage 2, evolves from Shieldon. Uh, ability fresh vessel damage done to your Pokemon from the attack of your opponent's Pokemon uh, with any special energy attached to them. And push down 110 damage. Uh, you may switch one of your opponent's bench Pokemon uh, with their active Pokemon. So anything that survives that 110 hit will probably not want to come back out. Uh, lastly, there's the Gardenia Trainer Support Card. Heal 80 damage from one of your Pokemon uh, with any G energy attached to it. And you may only play once hard during your turn. Uh, so those are some pretty nice cards. I could see how they would be used in tournament play, which is probably why they came up there. Nice. Indeed. And uh, other... Oh, sorry. Would you have something else to say about that? Oh, no. I was just going to say, when these cards eventually come out over here, I will be uh, keeping an eye out on them. Wonderful. All right. So uh, in other Sun Moon 5 news, we have information about Shaman. So there's Shaman and Skyform Shaman. The regular Shaman has is a grass type and has a move called Beckon, which uses one colorist. Search your deck for three basic Pokemon or, or they all have to be different types. Three basic Pokemon of different types and put them on your bench, then shuffle your deck. And then Soothing Scent is a one grass and one colorless energy which is a 30 damage and puts your opponent's active Pokemon to sleep. And the, also the art on these cards yes. are so cute. Well, I mean, Shaman's already cute, but, like, yeah. I mean, the art is, like, doubly cute. The Skyform has two attacks. Each requires one colorless. One is Call for Family. Kind of similar. So you search your deck for two basic Pokemon and put them on your bench, then shuffle your deck, and Glide does 20 damage. So, uh, I don't know, Shaman, the regular form Shaman, the, the Hedgehoggy one, kind of seems mean a little bit like the stronger one but then you know if you are depending on how you're building your deck you might want to ch- include the sky farm as well excellent and that set will be releasing in japan on uh, december 8th i think we had said i believe so yes fantastic in other cool release news we have word of an upcoming north american release for the guzzlord gx box that'll be hitting on january 5th will come with a foil guzzlord gx a jumbo version of the same card four booster packs and a pokemon trading card game online code card. Did you say Pokemon trading card game online code card? I sure did. All this talk about Pokemon cards and Pokemon trading code cards, but not a single talk about a coin. Yeah, it feels pretty weird. Uh, didn't you hear they don't even use the coins anymore? Like, they're forbidden from permanent play. What? No, I'm just being a troll. Oh, okay. I was about to, like, get heated. I need so much of a troll right now that a burden is going to come and eat me. Alright, well, with that, I think it's time to move this conversation forward. I'm going to give the reins of the show over to Sulker, who can lead our discussion this week. Sure. Um, so our discussion this week, as kind of hinted at previously, is uh, Ultra Melee Melee Island. Welcome back to Alola. Uh, welcome to Alola. This is a litten chat on our first impressions of Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Uh, so l- last time we did this, we kind of did a, kind of a round Rowlet situation where we kind of talked about our choices that we made. Um, but I also want to talk a little bit 
bit about the differences this time that we are seeing in the various versions of the game. So sun to ultra sun, moon to ultra moon, and all that. Um, so to start with, why don't we discuss which one we all went with? Uh, I went with ultra moon to go against my having ultra sun last time, or having sun last time. Uh, what about you, Psychic? Um, I did the same as you. Like so, I did moon last time, so I went with ultra sun. Also, I am as a person who picked Poplio on my moon playthrough, I'm sad that we're not having a Poplio popcorn. You know, like popcorn where we had to, like, take turns reading in school. Um, no, I don't think anybody knows what that is. We didn't do that in my school. Oh, whatever. Um, yeah, so I'm doing Ultra Sun. And Spike? I am playing Ultra Moon because I'm spooky and can't give it up. And nice. now you had done Moon last time as well, right? As your main playthrough? I sure did. Excellent. And I believe last time you also purchased uh, the Sun version in Japanese. Is that correct? That sure is correct. Did you do that again this time, uh, Japanese Ultra Sun? I haven't yet, but it seems like an inevitability. Nice. Uh, what about you, Psychic? Did you pick up an English version, or are you uh, thinking about getting a Japanese version in the future? I mean, I would say, I don't know Japanese, but then again, I'm always bragging about, like, oh, well, I played through Pokemon Green and Pokemon Crystal in Japanese, and I didn't need to know Japanese, because I'm so in tune with Pokemon, so it might be kind of cool to, to play through, um, but I, if anything, I would maybe like try like a Spanish playthrough or something to try and like increase my Spanish reading skills. I don't know. Okay. Um, and I'm sticking with the English-American version, because why not? Um, so last time we kind of discussed our trainers that we created, uh, which was kind of new in Gen 7 on the different ways that they looked and such. Uh, do either of you want to talk about your character's name, gender selection, and any uh, reasons why or differences you noticed in character generation this time? Um, you know, I didn't. I, I kind of tried to make it more like myself this time, I guess. Uh, so I made my trainer slack kick and, you know, so I kind of chose, uh, you know, features that would resemble me. And usually I don't really care about that. I try to just make, I mean, I guess, you know, in the old days you really couldn't, but, you know, uh, as this has been become more of a thing with uh, X and Y and now Sun and Moon, uh, you know, uh, this is the first time I've really been like, oh, well, this is going to be like me. So um, I did appreciate that when you choose um, your, when you create your character, I don't remember if this was the same in Sun and Moon because I haven't started a new game of the original Sun and Moon in a, like a year or whatever so uh, it said like um, oh it's time to take your passport photo so it didn't say are you a boy or are you a girl I believe that was true before as well yeah, yeah think, so uh, like, we discussed that last time right so I just appreciate that again that you know I'm, I'm not sure if it, if there's in-game text that says like oh you're a nice boy I mean there probably is but you know still I, it's a it's a appreciated thing uh, what about you Spike so I'm very big basic i basically just picked the exact same like dark haired white guy that i picked before because it me <laughs> fair what about you sulker um i basically did the same thing got a little latin kid from kanto region um i was struggling on picking a gender for a while because sometimes when i play pokemon i want to play a female character and i name her lorelei and then sometimes i play pokemon and want to be a boy so i play sulker i ultimately ended up with Sulker, so... I thought about going female this time, too, and then LOL basic Yeah, same. Yeah, I'll probably go with a female character when I do Ultra Sun. Nice. Um, let's see. Um, so let's talk about... Jumping forward a little bit, uh, because we'll talk about story in a minute. Uh, well, why don't we actually just talk about the opening sequence? Um, what'd you guys think 
about the opening sequence this time uh, as far as it relates to any differences you may have noticed early on. Um, let's go ahead and start with Spike on this one. Well, so for me, I think the biggest change was, you know, the uh, Ultra Recon Squad stuff, which I love. Like, they look like Sentai action heroes, and I'm super into that. Um, the save button that everyone on the internet was all about, I am also all about. Uh, like I said, you know, I've been going back to old Sun and Moon, and uh, it's kind of funny just how jank it feels to have to, like, thumb back to the right page and find the right option. Um, otherwise, though, because I haven't even finished the first island, like I mentioned before, because, lol, I got caught up in my team composition, I feel like I haven't noticed any of, like, the big changes. Um, so I guess I'd really be more interested in hearing what you guys have to say about that. Um, Psychic? Yeah, I mean, um, the earliest parts are pretty similar from what I remember. Um, and I know that uh, we're going to talk about choosing our first friend, and that's really where I first started to notice the, um, you know, the biggest changes. But uh, I didn't even honestly notice that the save button thing was a change until we talked about it before, because I was like, wait, what save button thing? Because uh, just because it's been a while since I've touched Sun and Moon, and like, it just seems so natural to like go when I went into the menu and then it's like hit Y to save or whatever. And like, like now I've been saving my game so much at this point in the past week or so that like, I'm just like, I can't imagine not having that. So, you know, hopefully moving forward on Switch, you know, the, there will be a quick save option like that. Uh, and yeah, I agree. Uh, I really like the new save button that everyone's having all the rage about, um, or at least noticing. Uh, it really bothered me at first because I was so used to keying in the right direction, but it, it eventually worked itself out. Uh, I have to agree with Spike on the Ultra Recon squad, with the exception that instead of Sentai heroes, they really do look like more like Sentai villains that you would see like early on in a Sentai series. Um, but then, that's just me. Um, yeah. Other little minor changes that I don't really think matter too, too much. I think the save screen has a slightly different uh, graphic to it, uh, which I appreciated. Um, but if, if that's all anyone has on that, we can talk about the differences in how Pokemon selection went this time. Uh, and Slykick, do you want to talk about that? Sure. So instead of, you know, going through the whole thing and going into uh, that first little village where Ahala is and, you know, being like, which one do you want? And then raising it in the air adorably. This time, like, I actually really love the way that this one works. This time you w wander off into the grass and you're attacked by a wild Pokemon. And since you don't have any Pokemon, it's like, oh no. But then adorable little Litten, Rowlet, and Popolio all come up and scare it off. And so they're all, like, being super cute. And that's how you get to choose. Yeah, I thought it was super cute this time. Uh, who did who did you pick? I ended up going with Rowlet. Um, you might remember as we were leading up to Sun and Moon last year that I was really debating between Rowlet and Poplio and ended up going with Poplio ultimately. And then when I start, I had started a Sun game but didn't get very far in it and I chose Litten for that. So um, this time I definitely wanted to go with Rowlet and um, he's very cute and I can't remember if they slightly tweaked some of his moveset in from the first uh, Sun and Moon. Like, I feel like he might have leafage or a couple of things a couple levels earlier, but it just felt like he was really, I was able to put him to use, like, right away. I'm pretty sure he uh, started with leafage uh, and, because they all start with an elemental move in Gen 7. Yeah, there was, I feel like there might have been some move, but maybe I'm also just, you know, I, I haven't had one before, so 
um, yeah, maybe it just seemed like there were some that, like, oh, you might get it a little earlier. I think, oh, okay, I'm looking it up. Razor, like, you get Razor Leaf a little earlier, and then you get an Ominous Wind, which is a ghost attack. So that ended up being really helpful. Nice. Um, and did you give your little friend a name? No, I typically um, don't do nicknames. Um, I usually wait until they're fully evolved, and I've had some time to get to know them, and then go to the name raider. So I did not end up giving the little bird a nickname. Interesting. Although, and, last, you know, last time I actually did, I named my um, Primarina Aquafina, so... I do recall that. Um, and Spike, what do you think about uh, the differences in Pokemon selection, and who did you pick, why, and what was their name? I loved this new um, story beat. I thought that it ended up making the choice seem... Um... Okay, so something we talked about, and this is going to sound a little silly, but something we talked about when we discussed the original versions of these games was how like we felt more invested in the Pokemon selection than in previous generations and like I felt even more invested because of this story beat so like I was super into it um I went Litten again and that is the same that a uh, Pokey that I went um in the original moon but I just like that little fire kitten so much that like I kind of had to it's just too cute it's like my all-time favorite practically um and I did give it a nickname it's called Lil Kitten oh <laughs> yeah, it's it's Lil Kitten the Litten. So, uh, what about you, Sulker? Uh, well, so, I do have to agree with you. I was thinking about how the difference in uh, story happened, or as far as, like, selection of Pokemon, and it really felt like no matter what you, you chose, you were getting a friend. So, it just, it was a nice little added bonus to Pokemon selection. Um, I went with Litten this time to uh, kind of go with my general instinct of picking fire, because last time I went Rowlet. Uh, I named my Litten Nyabi because I like the Japanese name for Litten. So throughout its evolutions, it'll just be called Nyabi. Um, and yeah, um, b- before we go on to discuss story beats, and this question will uh, more or less be for me and Slagkick, um, who were your stars on Melee Melee Island? Oh, so I uh, yeah, I'll go ahead, I guess. Um... So it's funny because, like, I actually caught a lot of my team that I'm still using for the most part on Melee Melee. So, you know, uh, Rallet definitely helped out a lot at first. And, you know, um, typically the way I play these games is that, you know, I'll catch, you know, some bug Pokemon and then they don't really stay on my team for a long time. But there were so many Pokemon that I actually wanted um, to be on my team this time that were on Melee Melee Island. So um, the first one was of trying to track down a Pichu, which I, like, I was, like, trying for, like, 45 minutes, then I went into our group chat on Facebook. I was like, oh, I can't find an effing Pichu. And then as soon as I complained, that one showed up. And then I added her to my team, and so, you know, it was definitely great to have her. Um, she stayed as a Pichu in, on Melee Melee Island, so it took a little bit for her to evolve to Pikachu, but, you know, more on that on the next island. Um, I then got a Alolan Grimer, and and um, it actually took a little bit to get him, too, because I got him over by the Pokemon school. And it, it was surprising because, he, like, he's not, like, th- as rare as it is to find a Pichu um, in Route 1. So I was surprised it took me a while. And so, 
um, I finally got my Grimer and uh, um, just something that you know I, I noticed the first time through and so why I, the reason why I really wanted a Grimer is that Poison has become a really good offensive type where in the past I don't think it's ever really had a super strong place but you know it can be strong against Fairy so like it um, it's been re- it was, was really good to have him available and uh, he, since he's Poison Dark as well so you know Dark types have always been a very very good type and then I also got a Lolin Diglett um, after I did the first trial so I caught my Lolin Diglett and he is ground and steel so uh, you know having that even though that steel type opens up you know like a couple of weaknesses like uh, fire mostly is the big change from a you know regular Diglett but um, I'm fighting I guess but uh, you know really really cool and he has a um, ability or yeah ability that um, when he is hit with a physical attack move that it slows him down and like that uh, I really found super helpful like even starting with the um, you know the first grand trial so uh, definitely found that uh, very helpful and so uh, those are pretty much my stars I really oh I really didn't have any other ones but I did have the um, rock rough I almost called him a Wonko I got the rock rough that can evolve into dust form obviously that did not happen on this island either but you know having a rock rough definitely helped out he had fire fane actually my rock rough I think is a girl but uh, you know so she had fire fane um, which helped out in some cases so that was kind of my team nice how about you Um, so I'm mostly stuck with the same six, not the same six I first caught, but I'll talk about the six that I pretty much used the entire way. Uh, Litten, uh, or Nyabi, which evolved into a Torah cat on this island. Um, Picky Peck, which evolved into a Trumbi, uh, and I named that one Spano. Um, the uh, I named Buggins, uh, which evolved into oh, a Chargebug. Oh, oh, oh. uh, my Caterpie that I caught named Lunesta and evolved all the way up to Butterfree on the island. Um, I also to caught a Pichu, uh, which on the, did evolve into a Pikachu on this island. I named her Sparkle. And lastly, but not least, uh, my uh, Squid Kid, Inkay. Um, which, special shout out to my Inkay for having uh, Contrary, the ability that allows it to do the opposite of whatever uh, stat change is affected towards it. So if someone tries to use Intimidate, its attack goes up, etc. Oh, wow. Uh, I, where did, there's Inkays on... Uh... The first island? Yeah, I caught it like in the first area, Route One. Oh wow, it has that ability too. Nice. Are you gonna? Are you excited for it to become a Malabar? I am, in fact. And do you know that? So I hate to interrupt, but do you know how uh, Inke evolves? Uh, no. You have to, at level thirty. You have to hold your 3ds upside down. Are you serious? I'm serious <laughs> because if you look at Malamar, if you look at Malamar, his top part is like the tentacles, and the bottom part is like the squid part, and this opposite of Inke. That is ridiculous if that's true. It's true. I'm not making that up. Um, well, while my internet searches for that, um, Spike, do you want to talk about any notable pokies you have so far or that you plan on having on your little trip through Melee Melee Island? Well, I also have an Inke, as I had noted. Uh, I also have the Rock Ruff that Slagkick had noted. So, you know, that's uh, kind of the main part of my team right now. I plan on getting a Pichu. Um, I'm going to get my Riolu and um, get a Burb of some kind to round it out. 
Uh, I'm not really sure what one I'll go with yet. So, um, I mean, I have one caught, but it's just not one I really like. Like that stupid water pelican thing. Wingull? Yes. I hate that thing, though. So, uh, you might want to consider Oricorio. I originally was like, oh, he's pointless because he doesn't have any stab moves. But then I was looking him up today. I say him, but, you know, it could be a boy or a girl. And Oricorio learns a move called Revelation Dance at level 40. And that changes based on what uh, nectar you feed it. So if he's fire, if he's fire type, it's fire. If it's lightning type, etc. And it's a 90 power. So like Oricorio could potentially be super useful. I'm actually going to probably do one on Ultra Moon. Nice. Some reading on that. Thank you for the heads up. But yeah, that's that's about it for my pokey team. I will have a lot more interesting things to say next week. All right. Well, uh, just some story beats I want to talk about very quickly. Uh, if there's anything that you guys feel is interesting, feel free to stop me and we can talk about that. But uh, we've kind of drawn this part of the conversation a bit long. Um, so for the most part, it seems like uh, meeting how Lily and... Uh, or Lily, Hala, and Kukui all went pretty much the same. Kukui you meet when he helps you and your Pokemon become friends. Hala's still the uh, kahuna of the island. Uh, How and Lily are still there in their ways. Uh, Nebi is still there not being in his bag. Um, We still get that same scene of him on the bridge getting everyone saved by Tapu Koko. One thing I do have to comment here that made me laugh at the developers a little bit. Um, It's clear that there are like I think three Spiros attacking uh, Nebby and you fight one off in this game yeah and then it goes oh good you, fl- you you scared off one of them there should only be two left and then you look back over there and there's still three Spiros hovering around Nebby and I just thought that was uh... funny um, let's see, then, uh, we could talk a little bit about the Ultra Recon Squad, or the crazy-looking, uh, robots that are looking for the Light of Alola, whatever that means. Uh, their names are Solira and Captain Fico, um, which I won't talk too much about so that, uh, Spike can kind of learn more about them as he goes along. Um, and also, Slykic, just really quick, did Kukui's house look more jank this time than last time um i don't know because i don't judge my super hot man on the state of his little poke shack well i'm just trying to determine if like if it was a distinct difference between the two games like if i I am far enough in to see that and i thought that too even though i can't say for sure if that's true or not but i I, just Yeah, I can't remember if it's because watching the anime, his house is always really kind of nice on the outside, or if it was actually like day and night. Um, let's One see. thing I didn't notice that was different on about Kukui is when you're video chatting with him, he says like when you say what your name is, he's like, oh yeah, that's a name that's like blah blah blah. He uses a different Pokemon move, but um, anyway. All right, uh, Team Skulls back in it, doing their usual thing, uh, fighting you once on. Uh, or in the first town, and then again uh, on Route 2, then right during the uh, uh, first of the trials. Um, which, speaking of, uh, trial number one, Radita Eradicate. I think we had this discussion last time. Uh, during trial one, Slag Kick, was it uh, a young goose for you? It was a gumshoes, yeah. Yeah, so, yep, so in Moon, it's Radita Eradicate, and then in Sun, it's young goose and uh, whatever that 
other thing is. Gumshoes, yeah. yeah. That one. Yeah, which is interesting because uh, you have, you know, normal and then dark. So, I mean, that's kind of different in terms of, you know, how you're going to offensively plan it. Well, yeah. So I played some last time and thought that it was going to be Young Goose when I got there or Gumshoes. So I was prepared to go all in with fighting and was like, oh, yeah, this version uses Raditz Eradicate. So it's dark typing. So that was. Yeah, which you could still use fighting correct. for. Huh? Yeah, but if I was expecting to have less of a dark-sided challenge. True. Um, after that, we head off to that uh, field where you could catch Orokoriko after your first encounter there, uh, where Nebi goes into that hole in the ground and you go after him, and he almost gets captured by the Ultra Recon Squad. Uh, that's really the only notable story beat that happens there. Uh, you do get to learn something about what they're doing in Alola there. I won't talk about that here. Uh, we can kind of talk about that next time. Why not? But I will talk about the Grand Trial with Hala. Uh, how did you feel this Grand Trial went for you this time, Psychic? Um, the Grand Trial was a little harder than last time, but actually, like, pretty much every other big battle in the game has been really challenging for me. Like, um, I've noticed a huge uh, difficulty increase, and I don't know if it's just the fact that they're a couple levels higher than they used to be, but, I mean, I found um, in most cases, um, even when you had to, you know, when you get to fight um, Ilima, you, you know, just you, when he challenges you in the city, like, I, I even found that fight difficult, which is crazy. So, I mean, I feel like this uh, overall is the most challenging Pokemon game yet. Nice. Um, and so, I mean, which is good, because, I mean, it's, you know, kind of forced me to not just kind of, like, overpower my way through, which I'm used to doing. Um, but I do have to say that Hala's um, I didn't have as tough a time with, but I still feel like, you know, uh, he KO'd a couple of my pokies. So, uh, I honestly don't remember who it was who finally uh, was able to get everyone down. Well, so for me, the interesting point to note here was, so like, I was taking notes during my fight just so I could kind of talk about it. I have, first up, Machop, and that fight went super easy. So I went to write a note about, Jesus, that fight went super easy, but then my phone hit my the bottom of my DS and knocked out my game cart. So I had to do it over again. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I was pretty angry about it, because then when I went back in the game, because I, in first round, I used my... Uh, uh, Grubbin to with Quick Claw and Spark to just kind of take it out in two hits. And then for whatever reason, this motherfucker didn't go down and did three crits in a row taking him out. And I was so angry about it. TLDR, my Lunesta and Pichu and uh, Nyabi all got together and wrecked the rest of these motherfuckers. So that was all I had to say about that. Um, and I guess quickly discuss, so you get the normal Normalium Z from the first trial, the Fighting Nymph Z from the Grand Trial, and then if you go to 10 Carat Hill, you can get the Flying MZ. Uh, so those are where you get at least those three ones that I found before I left Melee Melee. Um, as you're ready to go on to Akala Island, you run into Samson Oak, uh, who tells you a little bit more about totem stickers that uh, you start collecting early on in the game. Uh, it turns out that if you go and visit Samson Oak and give him a certain number of totem stickers that you find around the world, he will give you totem Pokemon, starting with uh, Radicate or gumshoes, depending on which version of the game you have. Any thoughts on that, anyone, before we talk about the very last thing and moving on? I like the totem stickers. Um, I, so far, only have my um, gumshoes, but uh, I, I think it's really cool. It's I, I had thought, for some reason, that you would have to go and try to catch it, but you just, you basically 
um, when I got my like 20 stickers, uh, he called me up. He's like, hey, come on over to the beach. And then I was like, okay. And he just gave it to me. So nice. Um, so the very last thing you do on Melee Melee Island is learn about the first real minigame of the game, uh, Mantini sur- Surfing, uh, which is a surfing minigame that is a hell of fun. Um, we won't talk about the mechanics this time, uh, cause I want Spike to experience that and then we can kind of talk about it in our, uh, opening discussion next week or next episode. That's a- that sounds good to me. Or- um, all right. Well, then that really covers uh, Melee Melee Island and our Litten chat. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and kick it over to Spike to take it into the next section of the episode. All right. So for our anime discussion this week, we are going to be talking about the new Pokemon movie. This is Pokemon the movie. I choose you. And this is kind of a special discussion for me because, well, probably all of us. This was, I think, the first movie that um, we kind of were here doing this show for the whole hype cycle of. Right. Pretty much. I mean, I think we also had um, Maguna. <laughs> I just remember Meowth being like, oh, Maguna. I think so. I think that one had uh, hit. But, uh... Also the first good one we've done the whole news cycle for. <laughs> well, good is... Yeah. As far as Pokemon movies go... Okay, yeah, I will give you that. I'm just like, wait, were we really doing this show already in July of 2016? Uh, I think so. Wow, it's already been a minute. Holy moly. Well, either way, I Choose You was the first Pokemon movie that I cared about for the whole hype cycle of while doing this show. Um, So, really excited to... Uh, see this movie you know we've been talking about it since this past july um it opened up in japan over the summer um actually got a limited retail or retail a limited theatrical release um via fathom events uh, earlier this month but it debuted on disney xd in the united states on november 25th uh, for those of you who have tivos or or what have you obviously you've probably seen this by now um i believe disney xd's site might have had it streamed I don't know if they still do, but definitely some options out there if you're curious to see this. Uh, the synopsis that we have that we got from, I believe this was Bulbapedia, reads, Ash Ketchum from Pallet Town is 10 years old, which means he's now old enough to become a Pokemon trainer. Ash dreams big about the adventures he will experience after receiving his first Pokemon from a Professor Oak. Yet, on the morning of his birthday, he sleeps in and is late at the Professor's laboratory. Unfortunately, almost all the Pokemon are already gone. The only one left is Pikachu, and he doesn't seem to like Ash much. But the bond between the two will get stronger and stronger, and on the first day of their journey, they see the legendary Pokemon Ho-Oh fly over them, and they find one of its feathers. Then Ash and Pikachu promise each other, someday we will set on a journey to find this Pokemon. Uh, So that kind of sets the stage a little bit for um, what this movie is kind of all about. Uh, As many people have discussed, it is kind of a, a retelling, almost like alternate story of the original Pokemon anime season or series. Uh, Something that I think was really controversial is that rather than traveling in these early adventures with Brock and Misty, we have uh, two new trainers, Sorel and Verity, that Ash is traveling with. And I I guess I'd like to start off by talking about my thoughts on this movie by asking you guys, what did you think of Sorel and Verity? And I'd I'd like to start off by asking Slagkick. Um, You know, I actually thought that 
uh, it was interesting because they weren't just like Misty and Ash. I mean, Verity definitely kind of had a little bit of um, sass to her in the way that Misty did. But, um, you know, Sorrel was kind of a little bit more like a snootier and, you know, not what we're used to from Brock by any means. Um, and I actually, you know, I actually thought they were all right. It was cool that they had, um, you know, a Lucario and a Piplup. Well, and that was something that I was really taken aback by was that we actually, um, even in the earliest of sequences in this in this retelling, we saw Pokemon from all over the world, including Alola, which really surprised me. Um, Sulker, I'd like to ask you, what did you think of Sorrel and Verity? I like them as far as uh, Ash companions go. Uh, they were very, not nice. They, they start off, they have the same cycle that any of Ash's companions have. Hmm, I don't like you because you're kind of uh, rambunctious as the case may be um but eventually your good heart shines through and we seal that we're all friends but we'll still act like dicks to you periodically because that's what friends do um i thought their choice of pokemon spoke very well about who they were as far as like uh verity was supposed to be a little bit more like bubbly on the inside even though she was kind of reserved so that's why she had a piplup and then uh sorrel being kind of more serious and uh driven much like a lucario so i, I like them excellent um something else that i saw a lot of people discussing online was um the way that the film adapted several of the earlier series plot beats um you know we get to see a retelling and reimagining i guess you could say of how ash um finds the charmander who's been abandoned his tail is being put out by the rain and ash has to you know watch over him overnight and take care of him and he ends up becoming ashes a charmander whom we do eventually see become ashes uh, charizard um you know we also got the retelling of the butterfree who falls in love with a pink butterfree even you know pre shiny days um obviously that was super sad even to see retold um, i would like to ask you guys how did you feel the film did as far as um turning these stories which were previously you know 20 minute episodes of a show into five to ten minute story beats and did you feel like the film was strengthened by trading on this nostalgia and i would like to ask you sulker uh so i am happy that it did not just stick to the original plot of the original anime um mostly because i don't think it was very interesting back then like ash was yeah he he had a goal become a pokemon master you know win all the league battles etc but in this story having those be just kind of little chunks of his life as he kind of has a larger fate unfold for him is something that I've kind of wanted out of the Pokemon series pretty much forever. Like, I know that in the main story universe, because I'm considering this alternate universe at this point, like, Ash has met God or whatever, but, this, like, it, it never felt like he had a purpose. It always felt like he was just stumbling into things, whereas this time he felt like a true shonen hero to me in that he was, like, doing cool things for a reason excellent excellent and what about you psychic yeah you know um i was even as we were watching this like rolling my eyes a lot but uh now that i've had a few days to sit with it and like really think about it like um you know i thought that um it really did a good job retelling some of the favorite parts like you know we have the caterpie metapod butterfree we have charmander's story you know which are two really you know memorable story beats from you know the indigo league um but but I agree. I like. Um, I guess really it is kind of the best of the Pokemon movies because we're always like when we've watched them, we're like, oh, Ash is hanging out with um, Volcanion and Magearna and like 
all these legendaries and just being like, oh, and Mewtwo and like, oh, you know, but uh, like it actually felt like that, um, you know, with the whole journey to try to find Ho-Oh, like, you know, that was, you know, we had the, you know, appearance of Ho-Oh in the first episode of the anime. So like it really kind of like almost feels like this really is what the story could have been. And uh, Sulker really said it well, that it felt really shown in more in that way to me, you know, kind of that it was his uh, more of his destiny. And yeah. Excellent, excellent. So um, I also wanted to call attention to the fact that I thought there were some pretty cool action sequences in in this movie. Um, Toward the end, you know, there's a fight between the character Cross, who is the trainer who abandoned his poor, poor Charmander. Um, Right? Uh, So Cross actually has an incineroar toward the end. Um, Ash's Charmeleon fights and evolves into a Charizard, and I'm not really sure how a Charizard beats an incineroar, but um, I thought it was really cool and well animated. Um, I wanted to ask, did you guys think that the the movie overall was well animated? Because I actually thought that this was one of the better looking Pokemon movies I've ever seen. I'm, I'm wondering if you guys agree with that or not. I would say so. I mean, I think, like, there were some parts where, like, some of the Spiro and the Spiro mob were, like, kind of bad CG, but not as bad as, like, some of the other CG we've seen in the Pokemon movies. And, like, overall, like, I felt like, you know, it's, it was a lot more true to the original art style than compared to Sun and Moon, but I still feel like there was also a little bit of that fluidity that we see in, like, the Sun and Moon animation as well. We definitely nice. didn't have a lot of uh, gliding and Sulker, what about you? Uh, I actually really liked. I think it was uh, on par with uh, Pokemon Generations, uh, as um, maybe even a little better than that. I do agree. G was kind of off, but it's who cares. You're there to watch people love Pokemon and people make Pokemon. Uh, although I do have to say that I really enjoyed the way they animated uh, the three legendary dogs because I just I like them so much. Legendary dogs. Yeah. So I um one thing I want to want to talk about and we're getting toward the the end of the movie and I'm kind of avoiding talking too much about the specific plot of the movie because literally this thing came out for home viewing like three days ago and I don't want to just spoil the whole plot but um, when Ash does achieve his goal within this movie uh, we do get a pretty awesome callback to the first Pokemon movie which I thought was a cute touch so one of the things that I had felt was kind of an interesting choice on the behalf of the filmmakers and I, I may not exactly mean interesting in the good way is that the final confrontation of the film uh, sort of what the whole movie is building toward it doesn't actually happen on camera and I, I actually was really disappointed by that and I really just wondered if you guys felt the same about that um, I want to hear both of your thoughts on that and since I think we had slack kick go first last time I'd like to start with you Sulker I get what you're saying as far as like having that disappointment because it seemed like a whole lot of buildup for nothing uh, but I was thinking about it earlier today and realistically there's no way that Asher and his friends survive a fight with Ho-Oh like not at the level they were being portrayed at there this isn't the Pikachu that's met God yet this is the Pikachu that's had like maybe a couple dozen battles yeah three uh, gym badges yeah so 
I mean, I get it. Like, I would have preferred to see that fight, especially since they spend the whole damn time talking about that fight. But I guess I get it considering the sequences they gave us beforehand. But it would have been nice to even just, like, have stills of, like, pictures of that fight. Something other than just a fade away and now something completely different. Absolutely. And Slykick, what about you? Yeah, um, but, I mean, in a way, it was kind of like, you know, it's not about the end goals, about the journey to get there, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, it, I guess it, it kind of was anticlimactic in a way, but um, I almost found it more like, oh, well, this is the start of him having epic encounter. <laughs> epic encounter. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Well, so that was kind of all of my talking points on Movie 20. You know, I kind of specifically want to avoid being too spoilerific since this movie's only been out for like three days here in North America. Um, but I did want to open the floor to both of you. If you had anything else you wanted to add before we um, start wrapping up the show. Was there anything else you wanted to say about Pokemon the movie I Choose You? Uh, Sulker? Where is Delia's Mr. Mime? What the fuck? Where is he in all this? Why is he being a bad dad? Alright, and Slagkick? Um, there were some moments that um, led me to want to call this rebuild of Pokemon Indigo League. Uh, there were some, it's weird to say, but there were some almost Evangelion-like moments in this, and I actually kind of want to see <laughs> um, I kind of um, almost would like to see other movies retelling like you know kind of like the Johto arcs and such in the movies like I actually think the movie format of telling these kind of um, you know roughly equivalent to a game uh, I, I think that has a lot of potential and um, I, I kind of thought it was funny but also a little weird that all that Team Rocket did was we're blasting off again and had like no actual interaction with um with Ash or his crew, so... Okay, but I loved that. Like, I hated how Team Rocket always got in the way of the more interesting Pokemon-centric stories. Like, Oh, Magiana! Like, we didn't need all that, so I actually thought that using them as almost like a joke, like a recurring joke throughout the episode, or throughout the movie, for me, that actually worked, was a better use of them. They did not grate on my nerves in this context. So, yeah, I mean, I think for, of face. for a movie, it, I think it definitely worked. Excellent. All right, um, unless you have any other opposition, I am going to give the reins of the show over to Slagkick to talk about our Pokemon of the Week. All right, our Pokemon of the Week is ho In Japanese, ho ho is a fire and flying legendary Pokemon that was first introduced in Generation 2. It is number 250. ho is the rainbow Pokemon. Its gold Pokedex entry is Legends claim this Pokemon flies the world's skies continuously on its magnificent seven-colored wings. So ho is kind of meant to be like a phoenix, but also has resemblance to a peacock. It has gold and red I uh, feathers. I want a peacock. <laughs> uh, yellow tail feathers, a white underside, and green feathers at the its wings. A green strip on its neck, a yellow beak, and black rings around its eyes, and a yellow feathered crest on its head. It has a prismatic set of wings that cause it to leave a rainbow trail behind it. And as we kind of mentioned already, um, the first appearance of ho was in the very first episode of the anime. Um, you know, that was a really notable one because that kind of is what led Ash to be like, oh, I'm not going to give up, which I thought really made it cool that uh, that was kind of like the focus of this movie is finding Hobo. Um, after he competed in the Silver Conference, he saw Ho-Oh flying towards Hoenn. <laughs> and so that helps him kind of get over his loss and pick back up again. And also, at the end of the episode Battling the Enemy Within, which is uh, an episode of the Advanced Generation uh, season, that 
had Brock, May, Max, Scott, and Brandon, which, I mean, like, uh, I don't know who Scott and Brandon are, because I kind of fell off at that point, but anyway, they all saw ho as well. You can also see ho in Pokeballs from Super Smash Brothers, and you could also see him in the Kalos Pokemon League stage for the Smash Brothers for Wii U. I really like ho What do you guys think of him? ho is, is fabulous. Like, that's, like, my first take on, like, if I were gonna do, like, Pokemon drag, I'd do, like, a stunning ho gown. Trey didn't like the session, but then he rose up like a ho how about you, Soccer? Um, she's fabulous. She's the gay pride icon. I love her. Excellent. Well, I am going to go over to our link cables really quickly. I want to share a tweet that we got from Ben Active over on Twitter. It says, I didn't realize how much I missed hearing Spike Point until I tuned into this. Glad you're doing well again. Excited to hear you on podcasts again. Oh my gosh. Mega hearts. Thank you so, so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope you keep looking forward to future episodes. All right. Thank you. Um, with that, we love your feedback. We love your iTunes and Google Play subscriptions, ratings, reviews. We like your Facebook likes. We love Twitter. We're at stabcast.org with the .org spelled out D-O-T-O-R-G. Stabcast.org. Email is mail at stabcast.org. Mail at stabcast.org. And you can find our entire episode archive over at stabcast.org. 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 Yeah, stabcast.org. Stabcast.org. Stabcast. Spike. I would like to shout out to the voice. Shout of- out like a loud red. I would like to shout out to the Voice of Geeks Network over at vognetwork.com, where you can hear such shows as the GameBuoy.org video game podcast. GameBuoy.org video game podcast. Your twice monthly port of call for gaming news and views that maybe aren't on your radar, but most definitely should be. And the Ranger Pridecast, where myself and Shane Alenko talk about the current season of the Power Rangers meta series, as well as the current season of the Super Sentai meta series upon which it's based. That show is uh having some scheduling issues at the moment, largely relating to the same issues that hamstrung this show, but we will be back on that horse as soon as we can. Also, I just realized that my mic had been muted during some of those uh, shout-outs. I was doing the voice echo, but maybe y'all didn't hear it, which sucks. We did not. That is. I was like, what is happening? Why do you hate us? I was tr- I thought that I was. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sidekick, what are your shout-outs? I'd like to shout-out to Reading is Fundamental, the podcast for myself, Spike, Delvin from Video Game Realness, and Rob Roberts from Orange Round Radio. Serve tea and dish on everything RuPaul's Drag Race. We have All-Stars 3 season coming up um, early 2018, so uh, we're excited to get that back on the road. And I also want to shout-out to, as mentioned, Orange Round Radio, which is where we see Rob Roberts. Rob Roberts and Dark Sakura and Loki have been doing Orange Round Radio for over 15 years at this point. It's the um, weekly radio show about video games where every gamer has a voice. We're very much indebted to what they've done for the podcasting community. And I'd also like to shout out to Anime Buoy, your port of call for anime news, recommendations, and discussions that maybe aren't on your radar, but most definitely should be. Uh, you know, as per our recent scheduling, uh, you know, that we're working on getting that back together, but uh, looking forward to talking to you about some anime and soccer. Mythical Pokemon, or Mythical D&D Pokemon RPG. Taking two of the best aspects of geek life, GM Whitewing hosts a troop of unlikely heroes as they explore the Pokemon world of the past with classic D&D classes and villains. I'd also like to shout out to Very Random Encounters, or VRE Cast, spun off from the cast members of Mythical. This exciting RPG podcast is as random as hell. Each season, they play a different random pen and paper RPG with randomly generated everything. Characters, monsters, and more. Slight kick, I believe we 
have theme music? We do. Our theme music is great. We got theme music. Our theme music is Professor Sycamore's theme by Nathan Sharp, a.k.a. Nate's Munch to Battle on YouTube. Go check out his anime and game covers, parodies, and such, and support him by liking, subscribing, and doing all that YouTube stuff, or buy, and or buy stuff on iTunes, stream on Spotify, etc., all right. All right. Well, with all of that having been said, I want to thank all of y'all out there in Internet Radio Land for spending this lovely Monday evening with us. I wish I could spend more time with you, but I have some podcasts that I need to edit. Including so. this one. <laughs> right? How meta. So what? thank you so much for spending the time with us. It has been lovely. I hope you've had half as much fun listening as we've had talking. We'll be back at you in a week or two, but until then, keep catching. Keep, keep catching. catching. Keep training. Keep training. Keep training. And, uh, Pocket the Monster, Kimi ni Kimeta. It's because I always want to be with you. But, Mrs. Ketchum, Team Rocket just kidnapped your son. Alola? Alola! Alright guys, that about does it. Yay! It does. What is the name of that podcast? Rain and rain, rain and rain, phone call, phone call. Rain and rain, rain and rain, phone call, phone call.